Welcome to the Invest in San Antonio podcast, hosted by Brad Larson, real estate broker and founder of RentWorks Property Management in Military City, USA. San Antonio, Texas is one of the greatest places on earth to work, live, and raise a family. It's one of the fastest growing areas in the country. So together, let's take advantage of the rock-solid economy along with the strong housing market. In this podcast, we'll interview some fantastic guests with conversations highlighting some of the best parts of the local real estate market and the people that make it great as we invest in San Antonio. Welcome everybody and thanks for joining us here on the RentWorks Invest in San Antonio podcast. I'm your host Brad Larson. I'm the founder and owner of RentWorks here in San Antonio, Texas and today's guest I'm bringing on Damien. He is my main man from the sales side and he is going to be talking to us kind of just we're just going to have a conversation about sales and buying and selling and the state of the market in San Antonio and surrounding areas. So it's, it's going to be kind of an interesting, very hyper-local discussion that he and I are going to have. And so to kick things off, I want to bring Damien in. I'm going to have him introduce us. Uh, he's going to talk about who he is. I really want you to get to know him because he is a fantastic guy. We're so lucky to have him. And his background is going to give you a real good warm and fuzzy on being able to work with us as a team and having Damien on your side as a sales guy. So Damien, give us a few minutes about uh, who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, well, first, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, to give you a little bit of background on me, um, I'm, I'm 42 years old. I, I retired from the military from the United States Air Force about two years ago. Um, my time in the Air Force was uh, almost exclusively in recruiting service. So I, I spent the first five and a half years as a, as a heavy equipment mechanic. It was my first enlistment. I was like, man, I'm only doing one and I'm getting out of here. Uh, when I realized that I loved the military and I loved what uh, you know the military had done for me and wanted to continue serving, I knew I didn't want to be a mechanic anymore. So I said, "Hey, I'll go do this recruiting thing for three or four years and um, you know figure out what it is that I want to do next, and then apply to that." And, and turned out the recruiting thing was really right up my alley. Um, and, and what's great about the recruiting side that really applies to the uh, real estate side is it's a lot of very very similar sales um, techniques and tactics, right? Um, so really, it's about getting to know your customer, getting to know what their needs and desires are, why they need have those needs and desires, and then being able to uh, map out a path to help them achieve that, right? And, and it's really no different in real estate. The only thing that's changed is the product. And so as long as you understand and know the product and can apply those same tactics and principles to those, uh, then you can be very, very successful in real estate. And it's a pretty easy transition. It's really just about learning the markets, learning the rules, learning the, the legal speak and all that kind of stuff. So I really dove into that. Uh, so my 17 years in recruiting service, I spent um, you know in just about every role you can think of. So I recruited everything except for chaplains, which is pastors and, and, and on the, uh, the religious side. Um, I ended as the superintendent of special operations and special warfare recruiting for the Air Force, um, where I oversaw all special operations and special warfare recruiting for the entire country. Um, in that role and in the subsequent roles leading up to that and what kind of landed me that position was really just my ability to uh, create relationships um, with customers, with you know recruits and their parents and, and, and be able to come up with efficient and effective ways of getting the job done and getting it done really, really well. Um, and, and really the key to success in recruiting as it is in real estate is if you do a really good job for people, they'll refer you and, and they'll bring you more business. And, you know, having a, a 17 years of, of trying to do my best to, to provide a great experience for people, be honest, upfront, forthright, provide them really good advice, um, really served me well in the military and it served me well in real estate as well. 
as a former army infantry officer, I could make fun of you all day long because you're a recruiter, right? We yep. all, we all poke fun at the recruiters, but that aside, you know, you and I both have some military experience and that does help. Uh, especially when we're working in military city, USA, which is San Antonio, we have all these military connections here. Uh, it just seems to be like 50, 60, 70% of the people that we run into have a military connection at some sort of some sort. I mean, it could be a aunt, uncle, retiree, somebody. Now back to this, I want to make a point that people need to understand that what you did as a professional for over a decade plus was provide a service. Sales is a service, like property management is a service. Sales is a service because you're not twisting arms for people to do what they need to do. Hey, you're the red house or the blue house. It's more like, okay, these are really good follow-up techniques. I'm going to answer the phone call when you call me. I'm going to return a phone call. I'm going to return an email. I'm going to be proactive and keeping you informed. That's a service. And that's something that you've been professionally trained at for a long, long time. This applies 100% into what you're doing now with us as a real estate. You are the lead real estate guy for RentWorks. So you're helping people sell homes and you're also helping people buy more investment homes for RentWorks. And so they're getting the top-notch service from the property management side. But then they also, when it comes time to either divest where they need to sell their, their current property uh, that they own, or they want to go out and buy 10 more or 20 more, you have the team, you have the wherewithal to go through that. So that's kind of where we wanted to go now is we want to talk through some of the stuff that we're doing. So we brought you on uh, about, what, six months ago, nine months ago, and said, okay, this is yours. We got you some assistance We, as far as uh, you're building a team around you. You have several, three, four, five people that are at your disposal to help. Uh, we've crafted some consulting to come in and just basically polish your, up your services that you're doing. So I think you hit the ground running and you're just absolutely killing it. And so now let's, let's okay, now we're, we're kind of introduced and we're on the same scale. Now let's just talk about the San Antonio region as a market. So give me your last sure. few months of what you've been seeing out there in the sales world. Yeah, I mean, you would think this time of year, you know, being around the holidays, that things would slow down a little bit. Um, and in the last 70 days, we've closed 19 um, properties sold. Um, and we've gotten about nine others under contract for purchase uh, for investors with several others, uh, you know, coming in as we go along. Um, one of the great things that we've done is we've, we've built in some efficiencies into our process and into our system. We brought on a buyer's agent who's hit the ground running as well, um, has really learned the ins and outs of how to help investors and how to you know, find those proper those properties for them that are right in their wheelhouse, whether it's the cap rate that they're looking for, um, the return on, on rent that they're looking for, or even just the area, being able to advise people. We get a lot of buyers and sellers that are actually located outside of San Antonio or even outside of Texas altogether. And so we're really kind of their eyes and ears in addition to their salesperson. So, um, you know, it's really about uh, been a lot about learning to dig in and find out exactly what that investor is looking for and why they're looking for it, right? I mean, we know they're looking for a three-two single story, but what is the reasoning? What are the, what is their goal behind that, right? Are they trying to hold that property for the long term, and in, in terms of trying to flip it later for a profit? Are they trying to get a property that they're immediately cash flowing with uh, with rent, um, or are they okay with maybe not cash flowing right away, maybe breaking even or, or a little bit under breaking even, with the anticipation of the growth in rent rates and the growth in property values in this area? paying off in the long run. And so just learning those kinds of those those kinds of things from the customer helps us go out and really attack and try to help them find what they're looking for. And from a sales side, 
it's really about, you know, just understanding the market, understanding the area, uh, understanding how to properly price in this market, which is a challenge. Um, you know, you get a lot of other people that think you should price it extremely high when, when the most effective tactic is to price it appropriately and create competition around that. And that's what ends up driving those prices up. And so being able just to, to really provide that kind of advice and then be able to not only be their salesperson, but also their eyes and ears and the person that's on the ground, because they may be in California. In some cases, we got people that are overseas trying to purchase here. Um, and so we're having to handle every single piece of that for them. And I think we're pretty darn good at it. The big advantage that we have over others is we have our own management company and we are all a team together because I always tell people this, you tell people this, look, I'm not going to sell you a dog because I have to manage it. So unlike right. the, the traditional real estate agents with you name it company where they just want to sell you anything, anything with a pulse, any deal they can put together and then they're bye-bye, right? It's that short life cycle of, of 60, 90 days. They want to sell you whatever you'll buy. And then, oh, well, I'm sorry. I thought I was going to get $1,500 in rent. I guess you could only get a thousand. Sorry. Oh, well, let's go buy you. Right. You know, versus we spent a lot of time in going through the entire life cycle of that property. Okay. Let's look at it from the acquisition side. And then we have to look at it as, okay, what do you need to do to make it ready? Then how much is it get, going to legitimately rent for? And then let's take a look at this a year or two years down the road. Do you either refinance it, keep it, burr it, whatever you're going to do, but do you want to go out and buy more properties? kind of using this as your foothold. And so it's a, it's almost like wealth creation, right? I mean, it's a good way to say it because yeah. working with a good buyer's agent like your side and selling agents <laughs> like your side, you guys are creating that scenario to where you're helping these folks. And I have a cheesy saying, I love this one, but we turn owners into investors. But it really is true because uh, we take a, a potentially sometimes a reluctant landlord, maybe one of your peers that is active duty military and they just all of a sudden got PCS somewhere. And you know what? Don't sell that property just yet. Let it, let it, you know, percolate a little bit in the market. Use it as a long-term rental, you know, build some cash flow over time. But then in five or 10 or 15 years, when you need that, or you need to upgrade, it's going to be there for you. And you're going to have a fantastic investment just waiting for you to cash out when you need it. Because it's, the appreciation is doing much better than any place else we've seen. And that's why everyone's getting into real estate. And so, yeah. Tell, tell us some more about what you're seeing with the investor side as far as purchasing just just right now. Yeah, I think, you know, investors have their their box that they want to fall in. Right. They want they want a certain type of house. They want it to be in a certain area. They want it to cash flow a certain way or, or at least be in a if it's in a certain area, they're they're banking on the appreciation paying off later on down the road. Um, and this whole San Antonio area, you really can't go wrong. Um, you know, there's going to be pockets of areas where, hey, maybe that's not going to grow as well as this area over here. But San Antonio as a whole has grown 16% in the last year as far as property values. You start going, getting out into some of the suburbs that are really super fast growing. You get into like New Braunfels where in the last year, just in, in 2021, property values grew over 20% in one year. Um, and that really ties back to population growth, right? There's a lot of people moving here. Um, New Braunfels is the second fastest growing city in the U.S. And, they, and it resides in the second fastest growing county in the U.S. And uh, San Antonio is the third fastest growing large city in the U.S. So when you have all that population influx, you create this unbalanced supply and demand with housing, which ends up driving those housing prices up a little bit. Now that now we see the builders are starting to catch up. We see a lot of new construction going on all over the place, really trying to prepare for that next wave that we're expecting to happen in the April, May, June timeframe, where it's going to get crazy hot again next year. At least it, it's, that's the way it's predicted. And so, um, you know, just understanding all of those different things is really, really crucial, especially when you're you're 
buyer is located in Ireland and they can't see the place themselves. So they've got to rely on your eyes and your recommendations and your expertise to determine, is this a property worth spending my money on? And for us, it's not about, hey, let's not just sell them any property. Let's sell them the right property because we're also going to manage it on the rent work side, right? So we want something that we're going to be able to manage that's going to do well. It's going to be cash flow for them for years, not something that's going to be just a, a hole that they're throwing money into constantly trying to keep maintained. I'm going to ask you about a case study here in a little bit. Sorry, so kind of start thinking as I, as I make this point. What we've been seeing recently is the cap rates have been kind of starting to fall because the prices are going up. And when that right. happens, we've had to kind of coach investors to say, look, you're not going to be able to get the same cap rate you got two years ago or five years ago. So that metric is okay, you know, air quote, but it's not the end all be all because the appreciation is going so fast and the population growth is driving the need for good housing, which makes it a very solid platform, no matter whatever the cap rates are doing, which right. is just kind of another, it's just a metric of value. But the population growth is just off the chart around the area, and that's driving up rents as well. So the cap rate might be lowering, but the rents are going up. So it's just kind of like six one up than the other to a certain extent. Now, back to the case study, I'd love to hear an example of investor that you've worked with, you and your team worked with in the last you know, three, six months, kind of what you found. And it, you, know, you don't have to drop names necessarily, but I'd love to hear some details about what you found and what it cost and what, it, what they end up doing with that property. Well, we ended up, um, I can tell you one that I worked with pretty early on in this, I ended up, you know, searching for him for a long time. He was being really, really picky, wanted to cash flow right away, um, was finally able to kind of get him to refocus on the bigger picture and help him understand that he's competing against an open market that's overpaying like crazy right now. And so when you have a seller that's like, okay, I can make say 200,000 selling to an investor and being able to give that investor the cap rate that they're looking for, or I can sell it on the open market and make 30 or 40 or $50,000 more than that. Obviously any smart seller that's not in a horrible position and forced where their arm is twisted into that, that situation is probably going to lean toward the side that's going to sell just as fast and make them more money. And so being able to help refocus them on the bigger picture here and, and refocus them on timing, right? Now is the right time for investors to purchase. The market slowed down a little. It's not slow, but it's slowed down a little bit to the point where it's not necessarily as heavy in the competition. And so now as an investor, you're probably going to be able to get into a property for around asking price, where before you're probably not going to be able to get into a property for that. And then also we have, we have the, the pocket listing program where we do have investors that are trying to offload a property quickly don't want to go in the open market, don't want to deal with all the hassle that comes with that. And so we're able to help them with figuring out a fair price that an investor on the buyer side is also going to find attractive and help them get into a property through that program as well. And so we've done about three or four of those. And, you know, for example, we had one that um, it, uh, one investor was selling two properties um, and I had one investor end up buying both of those properties from him. And we were able to kind of uh, mediate that negotiation in the middle where we said, Hey, you know, you're selling him two houses. He's buying two houses. Um, they're both staying under management with rent work. So you don't have to worry about that. If they both got tenants in place, you don't have to worry about that. It's immediately cash flowing. Um, you know, so how about we find a way to make this deal work? And, and we're able to help the, the seller see the big picture, which was, Hey, I'm getting what I need, which is I need this cash in my hand right now. I can't wait three or four or five months for that tenant to be out of the property to get the cash in my hand because I've got other plans for that money. And then the buyer was able to, you know, pretty seamlessly purchase a property that was already under great management, management that he trusted because he's already a rent works client. 
um, and, and for a price that was pretty fair. Um, and so th- there's a lot, there's plenty of those opportunities out there, but also, you know, we try to help uh, buyers refocus on the bigger picture, which is if you buy a house in New Braunfels, that's appreciating 20% a year. Yeah. Maybe this year you're losing 50 bucks a month on the rent, but next year you can do significantly better. And so sometimes we got to refocus them and get them to uh, pay attention to the long game too. I think we want to expand on that pocket listing concept a little bit because I want to hear like the details of those transactions. I think the audience does too, because they're very curious about what's out there. I mean, what does it cost? Like if you're listening from, uh, from California and, and nothing is under 2 million over there, I'm being funny, but, and, sure. and you're talking real numbers here. I think people want to hear that. So the pocket listing concept, I'm, I'm going to try and paraphrase this. And I want to hear about those actual two deals, talk through the numbers. Pocket listing concept was created to allow a seller under management of the rent works to put the home on the market without actually going on the market because they often need to sell quickly. They want to avoid full commissions and they often potentially even have a tenant in place to where it makes it difficult for showing, sometimes even impossible if a tenant doesn't want to show. So we created this pocket listing concept. Now, um, I'm sure I've missed a couple steps in there, but you know, for the most part, it makes it a win for the seller and it makes it a win for the buyer because of reduced commissions and there's no marketing, there's no lost time, there's very little make ready, if any. I mean, it really does create a good scenario to just to put a deal together where both sides are doing very well. So talk us through some of those deals and kind of to go through the numbers with us. Sure. So um, this particular deal where, where it ended up being two properties, um, you know, when, when the seller originally reached out and said, hey, I'm looking to offload these and I want to get rid of them quick. I don't want to go in the open market. I don't want to have to deal with the make ready. I don't want to have to wait for the tenants to vacate. I kind of want to sell them as fast as possible. Um, you know, this pocket listing program is great because we have this long list of investors that have signed up on the buyer side to see them. Right. So they want to see everything that comes available. And typically, you know, that 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 comes with the understanding that it's going to be an investor priced home. Right. It's not going to be an open market, twenty five thousand dollars over appraisal value uh, priced home. It's going to be a fair priced home that they should be able to turn a profit on pretty quickly. And so on the seller side, it's about having that conversation first. Okay, if you want to get rid of this thing quickly, here's what those numbers are going to need to look like. And we'll calculate that for them. We'll show them, hey, this is what it would look like at a five percent cap rate, which is a lot of people's cut line when it comes to purchasing. They don't want to go under five percent on that cap rate. But as you said earlier, we're having to make some adjustments to that because it's just not feasible in this market to always be that way, right? Um, and then we, we help them see the, how those numbers pan out. Um, and then we talk to them about how, you know, we, we have the 200 plus investors on this side that are looking to buy them. Um, I put together a package that says, hey, this is what your investment numbers are going to look like if you buy this property today for cash, right? I always assume cash. I don't assume, um, you know, financing because it's probably the easiest and most clean cut way to, to uh, calculate those numbers. Um, and, and, we put together as much of the information that the buyer side would want to know as we can. We get information from the tenants on how on their intentions of staying or going. And we show their history of payment, all that kind of stuff. Are they a good tenant? Are they a bad tenant? We show the maintenance history on the property to show whether it's in good condition or it's had a bunch of work or, hey, maybe the roof was recently replaced. And that actually is a, is a major positive for you or a brand new AC. Um, we put together as much information on the property as we possibly can. And then we push it out to these investors. And when they contact us back, we assign them 
a buyer agent to handle their side of the negotiation. I handle the sell, the seller side of the negotiation. And we do it all at a, at a 50% reduction in the commission, which we take that all the way down to 3%. Um, so, you know, when you're typically paying six, seven, maybe even 8% for selling a property, if you can sell that property at 3%, that helps kind of recoup a little bit of that loss that you're going to take to sell it at a fair investor price as well. Um, and those go really smooth. I mean, that, that when we do end up going to, uh, going under contract with one of those, um, we haven't really run into any issues. Um, you know, the, the investor side is not quite as picky about little dings and bruises in a house as maybe a, a open market buyer is that's trying to live in that property. Um, and those things usually go pretty smoothly. Tell me about the numbers. I mean, there were a three-bedroom, two-bedroom home, and then they went... Yeah, so it was two different properties. One was a three-bed, two-bath, single-story. Um, it comped out at 235. Um, the other one was a uh, two-story, five-bed, three-and-a-half bath, um, and they were fairly close to each other, within a few miles of each other. Both of them were renting out well. Both of them were per, were uh, built in, in the last 10 years, um, so they were fairly uh, solid condition. Um, and we ended up being able to sell both of those properties to the same investor for $395. So, um, you know, the, the investor got two properties for the cost of what it takes you to buy about one of those in New Braunfels right now, uh, which is getting close to around the $400,000 range. And so now he's got two, two new properties under his, under his belt, both cash flowing, both had solid tenants with a good history, both had really easy uh, maintenance histories to them. And so it was a win for the seller in, in that he got what he really needed, which was to offload those two properties to liquidate that cash and to go spend it on something else that he was wanting to buy. Um, and, and the buyer got what he was looking for, really double what he was looking for. He was looking for one, realized that I had two and said, hey, can I just buy both of these from you? Um, and we were able to make that happen and work out a deal. So it worked out great for both sides um, and ended up saving, oh, shoot, what, close to six or $7,000 in commission, I believe, for the, for the seller. So uh, it worked out great. That was an awesome, awesome case study. That's what people want to understand because they may not really know what the San Antonio market can offer. And it is getting tougher and tougher. I mean, I've been around almost 20 years in this market doing real estate, uh, building this property management company. And I've seen it, it go from you know above 1%, the old 1% rule, if you remember that, where you could buy a $100,000 home and it'd rent for a thousand bucks. I mean, that's those days are long gone, mm-hmm. but that that's the kind of stuff that we were seeing years ago. And now it's almost to the point where, okay, you can buy it. Maybe you can buy a $200,000 home and you're going to get 1200 bucks in rent. And so those are the numbers of today's market. And, mm-hmm. but the appreciation just absolutely kills it. Whatever cash flow you might miss out on, the appreciation far makes up for it. It's just, it's just longer to, you know, realize those gains. And it just takes a little bit longer to understand that. And the management side, again, we, we try to make it super easy for folks to be able to come in. They use that pocket listing program. They buy a property. We turn around and continue to manage it for them. It's a seamless deal. Uh, you know, we always hear people talk about turnkey. Remember, you and I have had many discussions about what's turnkey. I mean, we could yeah. spin that turnkey definition a hundred times, but it's it's just we try to make it as as much as we can. But you know, turnkey people they they come in and they buy a distressed property. It's a junk, you know, absolute dump, junky, yucky home. They they spend 50 grand for it. They put in another hundred grand for it. And now it's, you know, $200,000 in retail. Then they sell it to an investor for 200,000, right? So that's not what we do, but what we can do is make it to where we can help people with those packages in the pocket listings and, or start from scratch, go into the MLS, go into the off-market property pool and try to find an investment property that works for them, which is sometimes a better scenario, honestly, because Mm -hmm. you're not, you're not paying for that 
that overhead you might be paying for with some of the wholesalers and retailers out there. So that's, that's an interesting gig. So, so tell me more about what you got going on on the sales side. So how's things going so far? Things are going great, uh, to be honest with you. I mean, even even in December, right before Christmas, I, I have another listing that's about to hit the market. I got one that just hit the market on Friday. I got another one that's going to hit the market next week. And and uh, you know, the, people are people are wanting to take advantage of this market. Uh, you know, I think that's really the bottom line. Is um, you know, a lot of the of the management uh, properties, the properties that we're managing, um, are that military person that you talked about earlier that maybe got orders and now they live in Washington D.C. at their next assignment, and they always thought, hey, maybe I'll come back to San Antonio and I love this house. So I'll hang on to it. And then when they see the numbers that they can make on these properties out here in San Antonio, they're like, Oh, okay, well, selling may not be such a bad idea. I can always buy another one if I move back there. And so we're seeing quite a bit of that, but we're also seeing quite a bit of just investors are, are maybe reaching that, that goal of their life, which was, Hey, I'm ready to be done. I'm ready to offload these properties and cash in my investment that I've spent, you know, 10, 15, 20 years hanging on to and renting out um, so that I can go live the good life, the good retired life and spend time with my grandkids kids. Um, so it's really kind of just this wide array of things um, where ultimately the best benefit to this is that we are a one-stop shop. If you want to buy, we can help you with that. If you want to sell, we can help you with that. If you want to rent it out, we can help you with that. If you want to do all three, we can help you with that. Right. Um, and in addition to that, you know, if you go through a regular real estate agent that isn't tied to a property management company, they don't have access to the history of that property while it was being managed. They don't have access to how good of a job that tenant was doing, paying their rent and taking care of the property. They don't have access to the maintenance records. They don't have access to a lot of that kind of stuff that we do or the make ready or the vendors that are available to make that property ready and quickly. Um, because on the rental side, as you can speak to, you only have a certain number of days that you need to be able to take that, that home from that previous tenant, make it look good again, and then get it rented again to where that owner isn't losing money, right? So, so that's a very quick and efficient process that you guys have figured out and do a really good job with. And us on the sales side have access to that. So um, one of our properties that, that is being sold on the open market. Yeah, it's not, it may not continue to be uh, managed by RentWorks, but we still have access to those services. And so she lives all the way out in Florida. Her and her husband, both are military and got assigned out there. And so if, you know, if you're going through a regular real estate agent, then you got to try to find the people that are going to come in and fix those things for you. You got to find someone to come in and clean. You got to find someone to come in and, and fix those little dings and bruises and paint and do all this other stuff that that's going to make your home attractive on the market where I have access to all that through one email or one phone call. And I'll have a quote within two or three days on how to, on what it'll cost to complete all those repairs. And then within about a week or two, typically, and depending on the vendor's availability, we're back on the, we're done and on the market. And, and it's a very, very efficient process. Um, and the pricing is great too. Um, you know, when it comes to the, to how well it works for those vendors, I mean, the pricing, I haven't been able to find someone that can do it cheaper. Um, you know, I've had a couple of clients say, Hey, you know, that's, that's a great quote, but you do you mind finding me someone else? So I'll go out and search and find someone else. And those quotes always come in higher. So, um, you know, this whole one-stop shop process that we have here really helps with efficiency, really helps with effectiveness, and it helps with accountability too. It helps when I can go out and look at a job that was done and go to go to Ryan over in the rent work side and go, hey man, I really don't think this vendor did a great job and he'll call him up and it'll get fixed that day or the next day. So, you know, just being able to have access to all those services and all those capabilities really makes us a very efficient and effective team to, to be able to sell or purchase a home. Yeah, it hones into one thing that we've always talked about is first rule of thumb is to get the business and we want to help people. And that could be buying, selling, and or renting. So if we went on a listing appointment and the owner of the property is getting moved to wherever, 
they don't know necessarily yet what they want to do. They want to sell, do they want to rent? They don't really know yet, but we show them the numbers, we talk them through the process. In the end of the day, we just want them to use us, right? That's all we really want. Either we'll sell your home or we'll rent your home or we'll do both. We'll try to do both and you can take which comes first. Okay, having said all that, I wanted to talk a little bit transition and I sent you a podcast to listen to the other day, but it's all mm -hmm. national news, it's the stuff we can chat on. It's the whole resurgence or basically falling out of these instant buyers, these iBuyers, especially Zillow. Now, for all the, the people that have been around real estate for years and years, Zillow has just been a thorn in our side from day one because of the whole Zestimate thing. Mm -hmm. So I could do comps for a property at 200,000 and then the seller pulls up the Zestimate and Zestimate says it's worth 240,000. And you like you just can't fight it sometimes because they see it in black and white on the interweb, which is 100% believable all the time. Of course. And so so now all the the real estate people in the, the entire country are almost snickering. I know it's a bad thing, but we saw Zillow basically fall on their sword. They overbought, and now all of a sudden they stopped. They re they reported a huge loss in earnings because of them basically overspending in their instant buyer program. And so it's an interesting deal because a lot of us want to say, see, I told you so, but <laughs> we don't know if that's going to be an indication of something really negative on the horizon because it does tie into interest rates a little bit. You know, in some of the things I've been reading and some of the, the podcasts I've been listening to, they're talking about interest rates potentially creeping up third quarter next year, 2022, you know, a little bit later, maybe even to the fourth quarter. And we're not talking six points. We're talking a quarter point creep up maybe even a half point towards the entire year. But the Fed is going to be forced to do that to somewhat curtail inflation because of all the money that's been being dumped into the world with all the, the stuff that's going on with the COVID world and everything else. Now, um, what are you seeing out there as far as the, the iBuyers and some of their, I mean, you're, you're seeing some of these things in the market because you're, you're into it day to day. What are you seeing out there? Yeah, so the iBuyer situation is, is kind of like the... Um, I don't know. They like to dangle a carrot out there for you. Right. And so the Zestimate thing was just a big giant chocolate covered carrot that they would dangle out to people, uh, make it look like a Snickers bar. And then when you bit into it, you realize it was a carrot, right. Which was, uh, and, and the same thing with, with a lot of the other iBuyers is they use that number that they can just post on their website. That's based off of comps that are not even close to comparable to their home. They're just really just general comps of their area. So if you live near a, a high dollar neighborhood, it's giving you this ridiculous Zestimate number. And then the reality of it is once you go under contract and they actually get to see that property with their own eyes, whether it's with an inspector or something else like that, then that's where that adjustment takes place. And, you know, to give you an example, I was uh, helping a, a buyer and uh, we went up, went under contract with open door um, and open door came in with a, an offer of 275 on their house was higher than any other offer they received. They wanted to take it. And within about a week, uh, Open Door was asking them to reduce the sales price by $35,000, um, which was right back down to where I had comped the property out and said, hey, this is probably the price that you would want to you know, be able to get for this property um, or sell this or buy this property for. And uh, you know, that, it's kind of like the, you can't do real estate on a large scale. I think that's what they're trying to realize, right? I think that's what, what Zillow really realized too, is you can't use a single algorithm to figure out real estate across the entire country. You need that local real estate agent on the ground that's able to go, 
uh, that doesn't sound right because of these reasons over here, because they intimately know the market, right? Whereas you can't intimately, intimately know a market with an algorithm. And I think that's what they tried to do. And that's what caused them to fail was the, the, the uh, uh, room for error was just too large with using an algorithm and not somebody with eyes and experience on the ground looking at stuff. The crazy guy in me says, uh-oh, that's not good, right? The, the survivalist, the uh, stock up your fridge and then, you know, live underground type of me says, uh-oh, uh, if they're selling off everything and they're stopping what they're doing, what does that mean? Is the market going to tank, right? right. And everyone says, no, it's fine. Everything's going to be fine. And But I just don't know. I mean, it just makes me very nervous when you see a, a giant know-it-all conglomerate like that to do this big shift, like all of a sudden they just stop and they're losing money. And so what does that tell everybody? Anyway, I don't want to be like a Debbie Downer on that note, but it just makes us think, okay, is there going to be an opportunity in 2022 if the market does start to flatten out? Uh, is that the thing about that is it, we've talked about this, you and I before, let's say the market tanks. Well, the investor base is so high right now, as far as there's, everybody wants to be an investor in real estate that they are going to create the, the, the floor. Like they're right. going to say, no, if, as soon as that home that should have sold for 250, as soon as that goes to 240, I'm buying that darn thing. I'm buying it, I'm buying it. They're creating that floor as soon as the market does start to even go south a little bit. So I don't think we have to really worry about it unless it's a world catastrophe, World War III type scenario. I, I think we're gonna be doing very well for a long time. It's just a matter of the interest rates adjusting a little bit and starting to, to normalize the market. What I don't like is these 50 grand over list price junk and, and you know, 50 offers on a property, 40 offers on a property. That's not really right. healthy it's in not my at opinion. All. And it's not sustainable. Right. And, and, and a lot of people assume that it's back to 2008, right? That, that what people have to understand is 2008 happened because of predatory lending practices, not because of the situation that we're in right now. The situation we're in right now is simple supply and demand. Um, you know, and, and you can't say the market and, and assume that's the entire country because you're going to have pockets of the, of the country or pockets of the market that are doing really well at the expense of others. Right. So one of the reasons that Texas is doing so well is because there's a lot of people leaving California, New York, areas like that, where things have become so expensive that they can no longer afford to live there. And they're flooding areas like Texas, which still have reasonable cost of living, have great benefits and have maybe have some, um, you know, political beliefs that are a little bit different and and uh, maybe align a little bit more with them. And that's why they're moving here. And so, you know, that's the real cause of the market shifts is population growth, job growth, things like that. We've got massive companies moving their 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 operations to the Austin, San Antonio, New Braunfels area, which is bringing an influ influx of population in addition to the other things I just mentioned. And that's what's really causing the market issues, right? And, and that's something that will level out over time eventually, uh, but it's something that you can bank on and something that's predictable. Um, if you see population growth, that's a great place to buy. That, that's ultimately what it comes down to. If you see a big company opening a, 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 in an area, that's a great place to buy. It's no longer people are buying because they're getting a loan for far more than they could afford. Um, and, and then all of a sudden realizing they couldn't afford it and a whole bunch of people couldn't afford it any longer. And then people lose their jobs. And now all of a sudden that's why the housing market tanked, right? That's not the situation that we're in right now. Places like 
San Francisco, Southern California, areas like that where people are are leaving in waves, those areas are absolutely seeing a dip now. Um, and, and that's because the population loss, right? Whereas the population growing areas are seeing massive growth. Florida is growing even faster than Texas is right now. And their home prices and their, their appreciation is going up at an even faster rate than we are, which is incredible to, to think when, when New Braunfels uh, uh, property values grew 20% in the last year. So it's well, pretty Part of it too crazy. is this whole San Austin corridor that we talked about, right? San Antonio, Austin growing into each other. For those that don't know, they're only really, you know, 60 miles, 75 miles, arguably apart between San Antonio and Austin, depending on what you define as Austin, right? Uh, because you, there really is no break. I mean, you get into New Braunfels, you get up to Buda, you get through, I mean, Kyle, all that, all those areas, all the way up I-35, 35 corridor. It's just one big giant metro that's growing into each other, creating the San Austin metro in my, my coin little phrase, because it's an interesting gig to be around this area and see it grow. It really has been fascinating to watch. And you, you're in the heart of it, right? You're, you're in, the, in the trenches day to day. So let's wrap this up real quick. I want you to talk to the folks out there to say, OK, this is how you reach me. Go to our website. Find me here. Give us some of that. Sure. Um, so you can reach us at rentworks.com or saleworks.com. Um, you can reach us, uh, you can reach me at my phone number, which is 210-802-8240, or you can email me directly at Damien, D-A-M-I-A-N, at saleworks, S-A-L-E-W-E-R-X.com. Um, or you can go to our website and just put in a request for information and we'll get that, we'll get that request immediately. And, and our turnaround time on calling people is pretty darn fast. So uh, if, as long as you didn't put it in at about seven, eight, nine o'clock at night, we'll probably get a call the same day. So, uh, you know, if you're, if you're looking and, and you're interested, definitely check out rentworks.com or give me a call or an email and we'll, we'll be able to help you out. Appreciate it, Damon. Fantastic conversation today. Thanks again for coming on. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, Brad. Thanks. Take care.